Hey lovelies, welcome to the journey of self-love through self-care podcast. My name is Amy Mercado and I am the owner and creator of my brand, The Mercado Method, where I teach a variety of online fit yogas, breathworks, meditations and all different sorts of random modalities these days. So if you're interested in trying any of my classes, head over to my website or my YouTube and the link is below. This episode is kindly sponsored by Plight Club a brand whose mission is to change the attitude towards vulnerability to increase real human connection. This change starts by encouraging people to talk to each other and also enabling them with the tools to be able to express how they feel and connect on a deeper level. Making connection is all about trust and trust comes by gaining confidence. Confidence comes through trying something despite the uncomfortable feeling of venturing into the unknown. Flight Club's clothing range provides an opening for people to be vulnerable by breaking the ice of a conversation with their quirky, creative clothing designs. 50% of the Flight Club clothing and coaching help fund activities to raise awareness of the power of vulnerability and suicide prevention. For more info on the brand or to buy online, head over to flightclub.co.uk. Now, back to today's episode where I'm joined by the absolutely epic, colourful Rach Cox and um, Rach and me met when I first attended one of her yoga retreats still six years ago now and um, I had no idea who Rach was and I just I went and because of another yoga instructor Lisa who was like come do this retreat with my friend Rach and me and it was such a weird different multitude of experiences for me and after that weekend Rach had woken something up in me to realize I wanted to quit my job and wow (laughs) take a leap of faith however the universe then battered me in another direction and I ended up staying in my job for a little while afterwards because all carnage broke loose after I'd made the decision and um, since then, though, I've stayed in contact with Rach and Rach does almond based raves all over the globe. And she was, I think it was the first wellness festival as well that began in the UK. Right. And um, she's also a fantastic, really fairly entertaining human being. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate, for that muted big up. <laughs> Now, Rach actually has a way of just literally opening your heart, even just before you've even made contact, you just make my heart just go, Aah! so I wanted to hand over to you today, like, tell us a bit about yourself, your journey, what was life maybe like before yogas and sober raves and um, maybe stand up comedian? Well, first of all, thanks ever so much uh, for that lovely intro and uh yeah it was a it was a special retreat when i met you and i think we had a particular conversation sat on the island in the kitchen i think that was the fella wasn't it and then we spoke directly on the phone after um and um yeah the raves the raves weren't always sober amy um i'm very public with the fact that i used to bosh a lot of drugs i was really good at self-harming taking loads of drugs having what I considered at the time to be a good time, but then very quickly declining into extreme depression where I was hospitalized and loads of suicidal situations. And 
you know, diagnoses of all sorts of things like bipolar and cyclothalmia, um, dyslexia and ADHD, which play a part in that they, they sort of intertwine PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And so all of it was an excuse to self-harm because then you're in control of it. Same as my eating disorders. Um, and then, uh, my mum <laughs> sent me to India because I've practiced martial arts my entire life and they've, they've helped, um, despite the, inevitable declines here and there due to life circumstances but my mum sent me to India because she said to me these were her direct words you need to go to India Rach and do some yoga because you're a bit fighty watching <laughs> I'm like quality I'll, I'll go and try and be a little bit less fighty so because uh, I was also a lawyer which it, which didn't help with the drugs um or the lack of sleep or the lack of self-care or even having any awareness of that it's like you are a number you get paid a number and you must produce a number devoid of all soul uh except ass souls so there am i allowed to swear you can do whatever you like on this oh, fantastic <laughs> uh, that's why i left school so i could do what the hell i want you know what i mean so <laughs> basically after many 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 years of self-harming I went and did the yoga thing still didn't quite stop still still was bang on it because at the beginning of your yoga teacher dream like yeah journey you're still your mind is still very much in whatever you were doing before it's at the beginning do you know what I mean it's the tip of the iceberg so I slowly started uh doing less drugs I think is the way to go forward with that and I used to tell my students as well I was like listen guys I'm just someone who teaches you shapes I'm not a guru I'm nothing to look up to I'm just a regular mental case like you lot that gets right off their face about four times a year and I'm quite bendy because I used to be a dancer and I'm a martial artist but I've got no wisdom to offer you uh insight it was just like this is what I've learned and here it is so that's how I started teaching yoga brutally honest um and then I got better at looking after myself I think basically because the results were oh I've got a bit of peace in my life I don't feel like jumping off a bridge isn't this nice you haven't got this overwhelming urge to throw myself on a fire and bring everyone with me so I think taking the term self-love is a little bit extreme for me because I literally my my journey was from self-loathing to less self-loathing, to perhaps accepting myself is where. <laughs> so when people talk to me about self-love, I'm like, fuck off, mate. Can we just do this step by step? Not telling you, but it's in general, because I like I like the concept of self-love. Of course I do. But I know where we're going. You know what I mean? I know we need to get to a point of self-love. And I I sort of reframe that as well as just self-respect because Self-love for me can sound incredibly wafty. I'm from a very working class, builder, cleaner family. And so, although I'd love to throw myself into the full throngs of wellness and all the wafty language that there is, I can't do it. Um, but I will go to self-respect and less self-loathing. You're <laughs> laughing silently and it makes I me... Mean, it's, it's, it's so true, because for me, it was like, oh, I have to actually accept myself. Fuck, I have to actually like myself. This is a process. Like with I, love. I feel like I'd get somewhere and then something else would pop up and I'm like, oh, I hate myself again. Fabulous. Does this ever end? 
Well, I don't think it does actually, and that's all right. But having the awareness to stop yourself doing something mean to yourself, because if you catch the thoughts and just go, no, naughty, Rachel, naughty, now go and do something good. Have a lesbian tea with some lesbian milk that's organic. Example one. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so lesbian tea for people who don't know what that means it's just organic and uh caffeine free and of course uh that's just one of the ways that i now choose to love myself so how what i'm guessing you didn't go to india and do like drum and bass yoga how no but when i was there my teacher noticed out of 60 students that I I, I wasn't um, a, a vacuous fuckwit. Um, and he really enjoyed how direct I was and how like, I was like, I know I'm in my ego, but I'm also okay with a lot of that because it's from trauma and I'm not gonna just bypass that. And he was like, yes, this is really, really good. And he sort of had chats with me on my own, not in a weird sexual oppressive ab 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 <laughs> guru like uh, many of us have experienced he was very genuine and I would consider him a friend um and very much did not act like a guru which kind of made him a guru do you know what I mean <laughs> so he and I would have long chats and I would say I don't think I want to be a yoga teacher I'm a lawyer I don't want to be a yoga teacher it's not for me it's all very hippie and I can't do it and he said but actually Rach we need you because people will understand you and you'll understand them and that's that's what we need. And I was like, all right, I'll think about it. So I taught it on the side. And then um, I went back to India because he sort of gave me the confidence to just be myself. And then you start hearing all these, these talks about just be authentically yourself. And that wasn't even a concept back, back then. I'm talking 12, 13, 14 years ago. It wasn't a concept. It was just like, be yourself. Um, and then I went back to India with my mum. I went to India a fair few times. I've done a shitload of trainings. Um, so I went back a shitload of times. I met this geezer, uh, a sadhu, <laughs> which is a spiritual man that wanders, for anyone who doesn't know what a sadhu is. Um, and he just spoke to me about the sound of chakras one day. He just started talking to me about it. And I was like, oh, the sound of chakras, you say? Can you blend that into asana and breath and that? And he was like, well, of course. And I said, well, what about dancing? And martial arts concepts like Tai Chi and he was like well you can do whatever you want it's a, a resonance and you it's an experiential journey if you take them through it and he just sat and just offloaded all of this incredible information about the ragas which is the proper old school Vedic is the most appropriate term for those sounds and you know they're like 8,000 years old uh the ragas which accompany the vedas which is the uh theory behind yoga the vedas are like the old school written um theories and ideas and concepts where yoga comes from and so he was offloading all this onto me and i was like a sponge i was just taking it on taking it on and i went away with it i went came back to england and i thought i'm gonna do some sort of journey through the chakras and I did say to him, I used to be a raver. Do you think it's disrespectful to rave to ragas and the chakras? <laughs> and of course, this geezer lives in the woods wearing orange. So he doesn't know what a rave is. Although the, the rave comes from the woods. So irony completed. Um, it's almost as if we journeyed home. Um, and he was like, as long as it comes from the heart. <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he let me do it. Basically, some guru in orange who wandered around called a sadhu, proper holy geezer, gave me the sign off and I went with it. And I went back the year, a year later and I didn't know that he was going to be there, nor did he. It's not like he's um, got a diary, this geezer, do you know what I mean? He just turns up in places and it and it aligned to that we happened to be in the same place again at the same time. And I ran it all past him again. I was like, I've got a sequence of asanas with really like down to earth approach, um, making jokes in it so that people who are newbies don't mind and people who've done it a long time, they can they can do handstands if they want. Do you know what I mean? They can knock themselves out if they want to do legs behind Ed. Like it's for everyone. And he was like, this is this is awesome. Go with it. Take it into the world. I've tried to. And <laughs> there we are. I birthed Almond Bay Chakra Yoga Rave. <laughs> And what can one expect at an Omman Bay chakra rave? Nothing pretentious, um, everything fun. So, yeah. It's, um, it is a very working class angle of wellness and yoga. Factually correct and respectful and not appropriating whilst bringing it into an accessible sphere for people who are normal with normal body function and people who haven't heard about the fucking vedas and chakras and haven't got a clue i've got a scooby-doo mate about any of it i'm i'm their guy you know people in wheelchairs my nan who was in her 80s someone who has autism or adhd i've got lots of these things <laughs> labels and it's hard to concentrate so it's like for people who it's just accepting I I definitely distinguish it from an ecstatic dance, which for me is raving with rules. And like, there's so many rules that you can't have fun. I've got boundaries and not that many rules. <laughs> if you're having a nice time, you're not pissing anyone else off. Do what you like, babes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And how how did your mum know, does she do yoga? Or did what made yeah, you no. go and do yoga? Yeah, so my mum was a, a devout Catholic who did yoga, the devil's work. Um, so we had a little baby Mary next to the bed, but she she basically had a lot of struggles. Uh, she wasn't uh, around when I was little because she was in hospital. She was um, an addict. And so her faith helped her in one way, but yoga kept her a little bit less mental. Um and I used to watch her doing face yoga in the mirror and pigeon and all sorts of bits and bobs all over the place. So she was always doing weird stuff. I mean, I don't know if everyone who's listening to this or seen anyone do the lion's breath, but that's what I grew up thinking was a normal thing for a mum to do in the mirror. I don't know why she did it in the mirror. That could be the mental illness. <laughs> I mean, when my mates came over, I had to explain that shit to them. And what age was you roughly? Oh, since day dot, she was she was doing that. So I remember probably like four or five years old, and she was always having things like acupuncture. And I remember being the weird kid at school because went to a really normal school, and they're like, "What? What's acupuncture? You know, Chinese medicine at a state school in like a rough area, yeah." And then she became a little healer herself, a little homeopath, reflexologist, massage therapist, iridologist. Shit, yeah, she does a lot. What was she like? What was she doing work-wise before all of that? She left school at fourteen, and uh, she was she was a cleaner. Normal people. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering. Cause you went into law, so it's, again, such a 
first person in my family to go to uni yeah 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 I went into law because I'm a feisty little bastard in case anyone hadn't noticed already and um really up for justice and so for social justice which is weird that I then went into banking law uh got mesmerized by the dollar <laughs> and the power as a woman like a 20 how old am I now 41 so 23 24 going to work for one of the largest law firms in the world I just got offered it straight out of uni and I was like I am gonna do that. I've come from a council estate, and I'm gonna be going to that. Yes, please. So, how long was it you was doing the law until you sort of went in, or you maybe did? Was you enjoying it? The first firm, yeah, that one was amazing, and then I got poached to an American law firm, um, Bracewell and Giuliani. Giuliani was mayor of New York when the Twin Towers went down, and he was also a presidential candidate. So they poached me to work for them on Old Bailey, they had offices there. Ended up having a bit of a tricky legal situation with them. Um, left and had a breakdown, which loads of wafty spiritual people go, well, that was a breakthrough. Not at the fucking time, it's not. Let's let's not sugarcoat this shit. It was horrible. You know? So then I think that was... All in all was studying, studied three years and then two years, but the two years I studied my post-grad professional bit was I was working. So six or seven, seven, potentially eight years in law from studying to work. And what was your relationship with your body and like your eating and stuff during those times? Cheeky bit of cocaine here and there during the day to make sure I could focus, self-medicating for the elder... ADHD and PTSD. That was good. That was nutritious. Vitamin C, we'll call that, will we? Um, alcohol every day. But I did go to the gym every day. So Muay Thai, I went, I know. Oh, fine then. And I slept. I could actually sleep. It was weird. I can take cocaine, not anymore, but I can take cocaine and sleep because of my ADHD brain chemistry doesn't do whatever now. I can take speed and go to sleep. Everyone's trying to take Valerian. I'm like, just do a dab of speed, mate. <laughs> Send you right off. <laughs> Ritalin. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, it makes me feel a bit... <clears throat> so, to be clear, that sound isn't excitement to anyone who can't see me. Uh, that, that sound is disgust. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I wasn't doing any self-care in short, but I was doing a lot of self-harm. I'd probably eat once a day, work out, take drugs, go out, and womanizing, massive deal. So before there was Tinder, back in my day, back in to 2000s, uh, there was something called Gaydar Girls. And so I would go online and you would just meet someone that day. And go out I mean we weren't quite like the boys where we just meet up and and do bum puglies um we women are more sophisticated so we'd go out for at least a drink and know each other's name do you know what I mean but it was <laughs> same same but different perhaps slightly superficial but I felt okay with it at the time <laughs> oh god and then empty and dead inside mm. uh, what was um 
What was the draw with martial arts? Where did that sort of come from or come in? I was six. My dad showed me Enter the Dragon. Not a responsible father, uh, but a great one. And he said, do you like that? He always wanted a son um, and he got me. And I said, I do like that dad. And he said, well, I'll take you to classes. So yeah, it was a good thing. I was in martial arts from a very young age. What's like your, what's your favorite sort of, there's so many different modalities in there. What's your sort of go-to? I now is Muay Thai, um, but back then it was Kung Fu. Uh, so from six to 18, it was Kung Fu. Yeah, I think I think I spent three years doing a particular kung fu that was basically like underground street fighting. This geezer who had been a cage fighter in Hong Kong. Oh, it was amazing. It was me, the only woman again in most situations, getting battered by men, and I loved it. <laughs> I was like, "Don't hold back just because I've got a vagina." Come on, <laughs> I won't do that in the street. In fact, they'll probably be trying to get into it. So, step it up. You know. So yeah, tell us, because your life fascinates me, Rach. One minute you're in this country. I love seeing you in lockdown. You was like filming, I think it was in Greece or something, and you'd, you wasn't escaping a mountain. And But you, from what I see, is sometimes you're in the UK, but most of the time you're off doing your thing. So yeah. give, us, um, give us a bit of a Rach lifestyle, maybe. What's your year normal like, kind of look like maybe this year so far? Because I know it's already a bit cray-cray. It is mental. In lockdown, I drove around Europe twice, mate. I literally got in my car. I was like, I am not staying at home. I'm putting a bed in the back of my car, not hurting anyone. I put my sound system in there, all my fancy dress, and I fucked off. And I went all over Europe and had the time of my life, actually, in COVID. Absolutely amazing. And I'm glad about that because everyone was really worried about me wanting to jump off a cliff um and so a bit of self-care was not listening to the rules not in a disrespectful way not in a way that I spread anything at all except perhaps love joy yeah I went on I called it a love down just seeing your presence and stuff just kept reassuring me that I was doing what was right for me oh good I'm glad so yeah I had a great time in that and most mostly I go to Thailand every year for two to three months to do Muay Thai I've had professional fights uh, I'm going to have more, which is unusual for a woman in their 40s, but I'm extremely fit and I, I don't feel like I've actually changed since I was in my 20s. I mean, it's literally like I'm really strong and fit and agile. And that's because I haven't in my head. I'm exactly I do. I train exactly the same. Wow. Um, every day I will train and I feel great. ADHD is like a superpower, really. You just got to know the way around it yeah that's what i've been told and researching and i'm just like using the energy you got it people apparently bring it up to me and imply it and i was just like well as far as i'm aware it's a superpower so it's a win i think people should try to get it just look at tiktok more you'll get it 15 (laughs) second videos bosh your brain is mashed bruv so how do do you find that your focus is is quite direct or do you find that it just goes a bit like how do you the flip side of ADHD is that you have a hyper focus. So once I'm in work, there is no stopping me. Other people then label it as a manic focus because of the bipolar. I mean, there's so many things, but basically it works for me. I just get shitloads done in one space. Like my head creates this space and that's all I can focus on. And then I'll just create 
stuff like an online festival for 10,000 people in lockdown that was free around the world and had Wim Hof and JP Sears and Keno McGregor and Shaman Direct shit like that just pull it out the fucking bag speak to everyone nail it and go ah oh, I'm a bit tired now I should probably stop and hibernate is that so once you've sort of done these big sort of explosive hyper-focused mania whatever you want to call it like creative juicy stuff what's your sort of replenishment and restoration after that leaving (laughs) and going to bed (laughs) literally going to thailand doing muay thai every day um doing uh i do wim hof breath every single day uh without fail i do cold water exposure i mean he is He's more of an inspiration to me just because he's such a normal fella, to be honest. Uh, I know the science behind it's all good, but there's science behind shitloads of things. That's not the draw for me. It's just because he's a normal bloke. I love him. Um, So I feel comfortable doing this stuff because he's a normal person that hasn't got a rod up his ass um, and thinks he doesn't think that he's God, basically. Uh, Like a lot of people who teach things. So that really helps. And... that's part of my routine when I do leave so I I do the breath work I'll do tai chi and qigong in the morning then I'll go to kickboxing and then in the evening I might do some some yin yoga and watch people be proper hippies walloping a drum and singing shit about Krishna you know I like it so Wim Hof the Wim Hof I will say this I think it saved my life in lockdown 100% you get his online course no someone encouraged me to try his breath work it's like a nine minutes beginners because i was literally deteriorating rapidly um i finally did it after smoking a joint and i had this most epic body high and then since then like it led me to coming off everything really it it was the gateway it was the absolute gateway for me to get in wicked man yeah great i bloody love him I send that YouTube link to anyone and everyone that I can. And I incorporate um, three rounds of breathing at the end of all my yoga classes now. Yeah. You're doing Wim Hof breath, end of chit chat. So what do you feel? So obviously you've done so much yogas and stuff. What was it about the Wim Hof that was different? Do you know what I mean? Like all the pranayama and all the nostril breathing and stuff like that. Yeah. So I bloody love pranayama, right? Like out of all the yoga teachers that I know, like I can literally sit there and teach two hour pranayama class. I am, because I've been to India so many times, lots of yoga teachers are not dissing them because I'm very privileged to be able to go back to India and to do all of this extra training. But when I kept going back to India, I kept on somehow, much like this music guru, I got kind of picked up by this pranayama guru geezer in Rishikesh and he was like, you, come and meet me here every day at 3.30 a.m. before all the other classes. You and two other people are just getting a private, like, and it was not for extra money, nothing. He just wanted, again, if if a teacher finds a student that they think is ready, I mean, fuck knows how they knew I was ready or whether I am ready, but that they just decided that I was. So um, I'm not going to argue with them. They're much more clever than me. Um, so they just picked me like that music guru geezer did. It must have worked because look where I'm on bases. And the pranayama must have worked because I used it in every single one of my retreats. And I absolutely love it. 
pranayama means the manipulation of prana within your body, right? So it can be through breath work. It can be also through food because food contains prana. It's not always just your lungs. Where I'm going with this <clears throat> is that the breath work that Wim does isn't pranayama as such. It is a practice that takes your mind somewhere else. So pranayama is the manipulation of prana and it's utilized in a, a different way to they each pranayama has a different effect and some of them are dangerous for people some of them aren't wim's method can be used pretty much for anyone as long as you don't and you use it in different severities but it's the same method so it's accessible and the results are immediate um you can feel it immediately and you progress quite rapidly pretty you know it's just accessible tangible and graspable basically um so that's why i like the wim hof stuff and i'm i i'm someone who hates the cold usually and so that was a massive challenge for me to go i'm gonna gonna sit in ice with wim hof's daughter in iceland not in iceland in thailand sat in the ice for seven minutes stupid why did i do that <laughs> But I fell in love with it specifically in COVID because COVID was all about your immune system and nobody was bloody doing it, which is why I interviewed Wim. And then I said, well, why aren't they just putting you on fucking CNN and Fox News? <laughs> just going, have a cold shower and do this breath work because I've been injected with pathogens and I did this breathing and I fucked all those pathogens off. Why don't you not do this with COVID? So, yeah, I think that was a good enough explanation as why I like like as well. Jeff, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, you work well. You do work now with his with his daughter or his daughters. Both his daughters, yeah. She comes and does her dad's method, uh, the Wim Hof method, um, which is an introduction to how he sort of discovered it and all of his twenty five world records, shit like that. She talks about all of that and then how we became famous and how the science and all that came blah 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 and then she does the breath work with everyone I do a bit of yoga for them uh and then she does breath work and then she gets them all in the ice look most people have never been on in ice before and they sit in there for two minutes it's pretty remarkable and then in the evening we do a almond based chakra rave and Laura and Isabel, that's the sisters, uh, were both like, can we, can we maybe do breath work on your chakra rave? And I was like, uh, gee, let me think, uh, sure. So we do my chakra yoga rave to start with. Then Laura, they all lay down. Then they, Laura does a breath work journey with them. Wim Hof, but a very gentle one so that anyone in there who hasn't done it before, because it's a big group. And then, Kuali will do a uh, gong bath. Uh, that's a really dowdy way of explaining it. It's more like a galactic gong, cosmic ascension with Kuali. Um, So it's all three. You get to dance, do a bit of yoga, breath journey, and then into some sound healing. Bloody brilliant. I say that because I'm only one third of it. Okay, I'm not, that's not me saying I'm brilliant. I'm saying the whole thing is brilliant. <laughs> so what does, um, what does a gong sort of do? Because some people don't know what a gong bath is. Yeah, it sounds like you get in a bath. I've had loads of people say, what do we wear in this bath? And um, I love them because what a stupid term a gong bath is for the people who are a bit autistic like myself and you take it literally. You know what I mean? 
these spiritual wafters don't think about things very clearly do they um so a gong bath just means you're bathed in sound waves and that's that's where it comes from it's the fact that it's sound waves that makes it a bit bathy um so you lay or sit down um your brain goes from alpha to beta to theta i think i've got the waves right you basically chill out your brain chills out um because of the sound and they are the resonance of them are all at different hertz according to different planets and stuff they attune to different planets uh, and if you don't believe in that it's just literally a really relaxing sound that's a really deep sound like someone like my dad who's like couldn't give a shit about the planets um just in terms of he is a builder he takes things at face value he will enjoy it just because he'll fall asleep and that's great for him because he's stressed out all the time and working so yeah a gong bath will do what it's supposed to do for you uh it's an assassination of the ego apparently uh it's can be psychedelic it's uh relaxing on a cellular level and very very grounding but also transcendental in terms of your you know if you're a 3d sort of pick visual thinker you can get off your chops on sound basically it's pretty good <laughs> some people have profound experiences i just get relaxed <laughs> i'm always jealous people go oh my god i like totally went out into space i don't, I don't know if they're lying either i'm just going to be honest about that <laughs> that's the thought i have sometimes <laughs> i'm like what have you been smoking mate and but Kuali says no they can do that you can have a fully psychedelic experience on them yeah I'm the same I always get a bit um people tell me about all these things that they see and I'm just like I just felt really chilled and my body just relaxed or I fell asleep exactly. yeah give me a bunch of mushrooms I'll give you a different answer mate do you know what I mean <laughs> by the way I still do those because they're medicinal and that is part of my self-love uh yeah lots of science behind that but yeah it's not just gongs either so she, she'll play three gongs and maybe crystal sound healing bowls and other little twinkly things it's just like a magical fairy is playing nice things in your ear rolls basically love that <laughs> i have a very very down-to-earth way of explaining things so is that what sort of end up leading you to doing the stand-up comedy and stuff as well then where did that sort of yeah, that was Wim Hof's daughters they were like they sat me down specifically I don't you've seen the comedy haven't you did you see it at Stone Cold Sober yes I did so they sat me down I talk about this in the comedy they sat me down in their house they invited me to go and stay um and they sat me down and we started drinking loads of red wine and um I have I'm not drinking again now um and they were like they literally looked at each other and looked at me and went you are really funny now, what are you going to do about that? And I was like, what should I be doing about it? And they were like, well, we've seen all your funny reels in COVID, but we think that there's more, there's more, there's more to come. And I was like, well, I've thought about doing stand-up comedy. And they were like, yes, what is it? Like, they're really like their dad. And I was like, fucking hell, all right. I feel like I'm having a careers evening off my tits on red wine with the Hoff sisters. And then they were like, so where do you think this, uh, this sense of humour comes from? And I said, well, I think it's... Uh, years of abuse, trauma, and uh, being suicidal. And Laura, but they sort of looked really thoughtful. And Laura responded with, good, I like it. At least you know what to do with it. <laughs> like, fucking brilliant. 
And then she, they just said, under no circumstances, can you not take your version of spirituality like this out there? You absolutely must be doing this. And I am. I've been doing it for a year now, getting booked all over the place. How's that feel? Like it was supposed to be my job 20 years ago. <laughs> but I had to get to a specific point of hating spirituality in order to take the piss out of it and then bring myself back into a normal version of spirituality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> just it's like spirituality is the people, it's the spiritual people. It's the same as Je there he is, Jesus. Love Jesus, Christians are morons. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yoga's great, yogis are twats. So that's where I'm going with all of this. Do you know, that's what I love is, because my spirituality only probably began, the Wim Hof breath work started my spirituality journey, to be 100% honest. That, again, like going through a breakdown, breakthrough, whatever you want to call it, um, that began so much unraveling for me. And I felt almost, when I did, go into the spirituality world, it didn't suit me. Like there's bits that do align 100% and I felt, um, I felt safe. And, but there's other bits where I felt like I wasn't good enough to be there. Exactly. Yeah, it's really like spiritual snobbery is a thing, man. Like it's not welcoming, it's not down to earth, it's not accepting like it should be to draw more people into it. It's exclusive. What, because that's the thing, like going through that, I, I, I was lucky at one point that someone did connect to me and they sort of, they was really down to earth and they'd been doing this sort of stuff since they were 17 and it really sort of sort of got me in gently. Plus one of the girls that I'd connected with, we used to rave back in the days and then I ended up going to a sound healing. And I was like, wow, you've had, what what's happened here? So again, it was, it was seeing that someone was to this and still, still loving and accepting. But if I hadn't have had those literally two or three people during that process um i don't know where i would have really gone with it i think i maybe would have closed the door on it for quite a long time yeah it's be it's give it someone it sounds cheesy as fuck but i'm gonna say it's someone giving you permission just to access it in the way that doesn't make you feel like you're being fake to yourself you know, it's like, oh, I can still, I can still do this, but I can still also be a normal human. And that's the whole point. Once you've, once you've done, as I've done 25 years of spirituality, because you do a lot of meditation and shit when you do Chinese martial arts, spiritual AF, um, it's not just punching people in the face. Do you know what I mean? It's also healing and meditation as well. They're my favorite part is punching people in the face. Um, and yeah you go through this cycle of being spiritual like you go oh i've just found spirituality it's everything it's everything and then you just basically do a full circle and go just be a normal nice human that's all it's about at the end of the day it's that easy everyone's making it way too complicated and ego-based so like oh my god i'm achieving so much as a spiritual i've done ayahuasca i can do triangle pose i've done a breathe today i've thought about intentions you know like fuck off mate i'm having a cake <laughs> i'm having a cake with my old auntie having a nice time with her talking about how much she hates men and it's bloody and that's me doing my community service <laughs> that's way more spiritual than you piping on about how good you are yeah and i think that's why i connected so well for you because i didn't know 
view as necessarily spiritual when I went to your retreat. It just seemed like proper down to earth. There was some weird stuff. We did like a dance. <laughs> I think it was a rain. The thing that was a bit odd for me was the rain. I think it was a rainbow dance with Vicky. That was a that was a bit way out, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe another time. But the other stuff I, I loved, and I'll, I'll never forget your ginger and lemon hot drink like that. Literally, oh, about that. Yeah, that's the pinnacle of spirituality, isn't it? Yeah, hot ginger and lemon. <laughs> but you, um, you just bring, I guess, life to its fullest. Even your, I love your picture on your website and you're in the flowers with that. That is it. And I will put that up on the link. With my, when oh, I great. Yeah, I'll send you that photo. I've got a that. tutu around my face and rainbow sunglasses. And I'm in a field of huge daisies because I entitled that picture a rainbow gazy. And that for me is just you in a snapshot. That's <laughs> okay. great. Wicked. So oh, I feel like we've covered so much. So much. Is there anything you would like to add for the listeners? Just uh, always listen to yourself. That's it, really. Don't listen to the to the to the bad talk. You know when it's the good stuff. You know when you're listening to your your actual self. Don't listen to the uh, negative chatter. Listen to the the bits that guide you properly. You know when it's a guide. We we're good at ignoring it. Just don't ignore it. How, how do you know when you're doing that? It's a feeling and it's something that you have to practice and hone, but because, um, you know, you, especially someone who's got as many mental health diagnoses, it's like, is that paranoia or is that the truth? <laughs> like, on level with everyone who's listening because we're all mental in some way. Um, really and truly, I've always known, and it's like, I'm just, what I'm doing is I'm rubbing my chest bone right in the middle because it's part here, but part in my stomach. My stomach lets me know when things go are really wrong. Like I feel like I've had really bad IBS in the past and it's from constantly putting myself in the wrong space with the wrong people doing the wrong shit that's just harming myself. And then I feel like an electric current. That's a way of putting it, but it's a feeling in my chest, basically. And I'm not going to say my heart space or heart chakra because that's horse shit. It's a visceral feeling in my body that I feel and it's like I find spirituality better to put in a way of like we're all connected like exactly like avatar everything's a little bit like sciencey and electric and we've all got electric our brains a computer and we all like have these like we're a we're conscious being in a computer basically and that is like the, the consciousness comes through the body and it is a tool it's full of electric it's full of signals and the body knows you don't even have to sit there and ask god it's in you love that well i will pop all of rachel's details for her raves and websites and then i love you so much thank you for coming on today and what a what a a lovely surprise it was to have you ask me on here thank you and the fact that you used to be you know not a yogi and now you are one and you're still a normal human i tell you what let's birth more of you (laughs) <laughs> we're coming we're coming <laughs> we just got a little bit slow to the party oh god yeah well the other one's got there too quick to the party and i need to evacuate them from the fucking party let me tell you i'm sorry we're coming <laughs> good <laughs> bye bye love you bye <laughs>